When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the first In the Trenches edition of 2021. And there's been a lot going on in Ann Arbor uh, with the football program, the athletic department. And in the coming weeks, I know everybody has been asking, will we get a chance to hear from all of the new coaches in Schembechler Hall? And yes, we will. We'll get to them about once a week. We're going to return to our Thursday schedule. Once a week, you will get in the trenches. But with so much going on in Ann Arbor, with so much going on with the athletic department, our first guest here of 2021 is going to be the Donald R. Shepard, Director of Athletics, Ward Manuel. We'll talk to Ward in just a few minutes, so stay tuned on In the Trenches. Let's go In the Trenches with John Jansen. The former Wolverines captain and Michigan Sports Hall of Famer will take you inside the locker room with players and coaches. The goal is not going to change. The goal here uh, is to win those rivalry games and to win the Big Ten. Uh, and that is not going to change, and that quest continues. And I believe in this staff. I believe in Jim uh, as the leader of this program. Once again, here's John Jansen. We're now joined by the Donald R. Shepard, Director of Athletics, and that's Ward Manuel. Ward, thanks for joining us today. And uh, I know this is late, but uh, we're still in the month of January. Happy New Year. Well, thanks, John, for having me. Happy New Year to you and, and all of our fans, and uh, thanks for having me on. I know that we all hoped that when the calendar turned from 20 to 21 that uh, everything would just be better and everything would go away, the, the, the coronavirus. But that didn't happen. And as a matter of fact, we've got a new variant. Um, and this past week, you guys had to shut down the athletic department um, due to recommendations from the health department. What's, been this, what's this last week been like for you? Well, it's not been easy uh, for our student athletes uh, or our coaches and staff. Uh, you know, we were underway uh, with several of our seasons and, and in the middle of 
of several of them uh, underway with uh, several and about to start with the majority of our, our sports. And so uh, it came as a surprise to them, uh, and, but they're resilient, uh, all of them. Uh, our head coaches are showing great leadership. Our student athletes are leading uh, the uh, effort to continue uh, to do the things that are necessary to prevent uh, COVID uh, individually and on their teams and, and collectively. Uh, this was a case where uh, the state felt we needed to um, take a two-week pause in quarantine uh, to try to stop the spread, particularly of this variant, uh, which spreads very quickly. And so uh, we're in the middle of it uh, in getting through it. I've uh, had individual meetings with all my head coaches this week just to check on them and their staffs, their families, and especially the student athletes and uh, to a person our, our coaches are saying it was a shock. Uh, it was hard to deal with, uh, but our student athletes, uh, and they have bonded and uh, are doing everything that they need to do uh, so that uh, this is not uh, continue to be an issue for their team or this department. We've seen a, quite a few programs across the country have to hit the, the pause button for extended periods. Uh, this is the first time we've seen a whole department do that. What uh, what challenges does this prevent for the, the student athlete and your staff? Well, I think, it. you know, we are uh, used to, we've had teams that have had to uh, stop and, and quarantine uh, in, in order to prevent the spread on those individual teams. The difference is that uh, those teams uh, have been able to eventually come out of it uh, as the doctors have allowed uh, them to start practicing again. This is a two-week shutdown. Uh, close the facilities, um, no practice, uh, not letting them uh, be in the facilities to work out, even, those, even though the supermajority of our student-athletes are not afflicted or, or have an issue with COVID. Uh, and so the difference is that it, it is a complete uh, shutdown of all the programs. Uh, and so after the two weeks, then the transition will begin. Uh, and so that's the biggest difference uh, about what we're doing right now. It, it harkens us back to March when this first happened, uh, where we shut the facilities down. And so I think it, that's the big change, that they're, they're at their homes, they're in their, in their dorm rooms, uh, they're allowed to uh, go for walks and, and or jog uh, by themselves. Uh, but that's, you know, different than actually, you know, working on, on each of their sports. Will there be mentioning that, you know, that they're not allowed to, to be at practice or, or work out very much. Uh, will there be a gradual return uh, to competition uh, since they've been out of practice for the past, what, what would have been 14 days? They, they will be there. There's a plan in place per sport uh, as it relates to when they will be able to return to competition. Uh, and that is done in, in concert with our medical staff and our trainers and the coaches uh, to make sure uh, that our student athletes will come back uh, safely uh, in that case. I mean, you don't want to stop somebody from participating, you know, uh, restart practice on Monday and then have a competition on Tuesday because it was scheduled that way before. Uh, this is going to take a little time uh, to get them back in what we call uh, re-socialize into their particular sports. Some sports will be able to come back quicker uh, than others based on uh, the sport itself uh, and where 
the medical staff feels uh, those student athletes are per sport. Uh, so those things are being worked out as, as we speak uh, and will be put into place uh, once this uh, quarantine is lifted. We talked throughout the fall about uh, you know football and what it took for from the Big Ten level to get the season up and going. Obviously, basketball, both men's and women's, was was up and going. Um, what? How much work has been done at the Big Ten level to allow these Olympic sports the ability to compete and do it safely? Well, lots of work has been done, John, throughout uh, this year in preparation for what we would do. Uh, either in the fall or when we transition some of them to uh, the spring or the winter, uh, and then uh, in preparation to start our spring sports. So um, a lot of that work has been done throughout the year. Uh, credit goes to Elizabeth Heinrich and our sports administrators for the Olympic sports. Elizabeth, as our senior women's administrator, uh, is really interfacing with the other senior women's administrators uh, in the Big Ten as they work through scheduling uh, all of the different uh, Olympic sports uh, to really put the seasons together, the postseason, working with the NCAA uh, in terms of championships. Uh, and so it's a lot of work that has been done, uh, but that process really began uh, as we were getting through the summer and preparing to come in uh, to the fall uh, and start the school year. Well, now that, uh, you know, when things do resume, um, the only one that's not going to be operating, or at least in a competitive level, is football. Um, you're going to have 28 of 29 sports going on at the same time. Uh, first of all, one, on a competitive side, it's got to be exciting, but it's also got to be an unbelievable challenge for you and your staff. Yeah, we've never done this. Uh, this is uh, something that none of the, the schools in the Big Ten uh, and around the country, quite frankly, have had to deal with this this many teams participating uh, as we ramp up a new year. Uh, normally, uh, seven of our teams uh, would have been done uh, with their their seasons. Uh, and now we we have twenty eight of twenty nine, as you mentioned, that are going to be uh, undertaking their seasons uh, both home and away competition. Uh, when you get to that number of home games is really where you you stretch uh, the staff very thin uh, in terms of the things that uh, we normally do uh, for each of our teams. Uh, given uh, that limited fans will be there, uh, we'll have the ability to reshuffle some of the staff to really uh, support uh, our team and the visiting teams when we host home games. Uh, but there, there are weekends and uh, days that we could have up to five or six uh, competitions going on uh, at the same time or more. Uh, and so it's going to be quite an undertaking for the staff, uh, particularly when you add the need uh, to clean the facilities as well as we need to clean them uh, for uh, competitions in between competitions. Well, and you've also got the the testing of, of your staff, the, uh, the student athletes, um, What's the protocol, the safety protocol in place um, at this time? Is it the same as it was during the football season for your staff, student athletes, and anybody that may be attending games? Uh, absolutely. Um, in in terms of the uh, the overall around our facilities, it's the same uh, as it was in preparation uh, for football competition or basketball competition or hockey. Uh, those are the sports that were in play uh, starting in the fall. 
Uh, so all of our venues will be, you will see the same uh, cleanliness, the same signage. Uh, those things are going to be consistent through throughout uh, all of the facilities that we have. Uh, as it relates to the testing aspect, it's anywhere from, it depends on, on what the NCAA and the Big Ten uh, Medical Committee uh, looks at in terms of uh, the number of tests that need to be done on a weekly basis, depending on if it's a high contact, intermediate, or low contact sport. So a sport like football, hockey, basketball that are high contact, we've been testing them during their weeks of competition six days a week with antigen testing, following up with PCR uh, if necessary. Uh, for a sport like golf, uh, they're getting tested uh, less because there's less contact. There's there's no physical contact on a uh, golf course. Tennis would be another one that there's no physical contact where they're uh, touching uh, each other uh, in any way. So those kind of things, and, and they can distance based on the game itself uh, and then everything in between. So we're testing our student athletes anywhere from three to six days a week, uh, depending on their schedule uh, and depending on the accommodations that are necessary uh, for that particular sport. Uh, and I mentioned football. Um, you guys, uh, we had a big announcement uh, earlier in the month uh, regarding a contact ex contract extension for Coach Harbaugh. Uh, what can you say or tell us about the agreement and, and how you and, and Coach Harbaugh are proceeding uh, moving forward? I'm very happy uh, with the contract extension with Jim. I'm looking forward uh, to uh, this season coming up and the preparation that we're going to have in, in spring ball uh, and moving forward into the season. Jim and I uh, have had great conversations. Uh, I believe in him uh, and his ability to lead this team uh, to great success. Uh, and he understands that and believes that as well, wants that uh, as well as a former captain, uh, former quarterback here. Uh, he knows uh, exactly the expectations of Michigan uh, in Michigan football uh, and the things that are expected uh, in terms of success and uh, looking forward to uh, his leadership uh, for years to come. There's been some changes on his staff. I know that you worked very closely with him in putting this together. Um, what do you like about the makeup uh, of this staff and the, you know, some of the new individuals that we have here uh, uh, with the football program? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's always been a, a combination and a conversation with Jim and I on, on the staff. You know, I uh, love uh, the staff uh, because he feels great about where we are and the people that we're moving, uh, moving forward with. Uh, I really uh, like uh, the staff that we have. I think my, Mike McDonald being added on the defensive coordinator side uh, will have a different look uh, to our defense, uh, the addition of uh, George Hilo and Mo Linguist uh, to the staff on the defensive side uh, brings great and different experience. And, and that's what you need. You know, we, we struggled uh, this year. We have struggled in bigger games uh, with uh, our defensive uh, philosophy and the, and the way we approach it. And I think our fans are going to see us play a different style of defense uh, and uh, really have the ability uh, to have multiple uh, ways to attack an offense or defend uh, an offense. And so I'm looking forward uh, to that aspect of it. Uh, and then on the, on the offensive side with some of the shuffling that Jim has done, 
and then uh, with the addition of uh, two of our uh, former uh, student athletes, Mike Hart, and then you have uh, Ron Bellamy, uh, who I know very well because he's from New Orleans and so am I. Uh, but I think those are great additions to a staff that was already solid. Um, I think with Jim now uh, solidifying and taking over the quarterback position, uh, you can't ask for somebody uh, better uh, given his uh, longevity, his success here as a quarterback and his longevity and success in the NFL, uh, his tutelage of other quarterbacks uh, alone, his coaching career. Uh, he's one of the best uh, in the business at, at that position and coaching that position. And so I think all of the changes with the current staff uh, that we already have and that has, has stayed on, uh, I'm, I'm excited about uh, 2021 season uh, and what we're going to be able to do. I want to follow up uh, it with Mike and Ron in just a minute, but um, I think when anybody looks at the staff and the new hirings, one of the things they see is youth. Um, was that a key consideration in the development of this staff, getting some some younger coaches involved? You know, I don't think we, we set out and said, you know, we need to be younger. Uh, I think we said we wanted uh, some of the best in the business. And, and I think when you look at, uh, some of the commentary that has been said about uh, the coaches that we're bringing in, uh, it's that they're up and comers, they're, they're uh, stars in the making. Uh, and those are the things that we're looking for. Solid coaches uh, who know the game, uh, know how to teach the game uh, on the field and all in the classroom. Uh, those are the things that we're looking for uh, in terms of driving uh, our success. Um, for me, age, uh, doesn't matter if we if we can have success. Um, we we I, I don't look at how old somebody is or or how young they are. I think what it it connects with uh, is a knowledge of the of the student athlete and the student athlete now. Uh, I think there's a, a better understanding of that. Um, you know, my younger staff has a better understanding of our our student athletes and and what they're, what they're thinking and how they go about things than I do uh, for sure. Uh, and so that may help that way. Uh, but there's a, a lot of great work being done uh, regardless of the age of, of the staff um, here at the University of Michigan. And so, um, you know, it's a, some people may say it's a plus and some may, people may look at it as they don't have enough experience. I look at it, at it as they're great coaches uh, who will be able to uh, help us to drive success, and that's the ultimate goal. What's the challenge in trying, like you had said, finding no matter the age, no matter what it, what, what is surrounding these coaches, but identifying great teachers and those that can de- develop talent? Well, I think that's that's the key uh, in in terms of what you're looking for. You know, we uh, we have some very very talented student athletes. We we have another. Uh, great recruiting class coming in this year. Uh, but ultimately, it also goes to how well they develop and how much they advance that talent uh, and uh, grow in their success uh, on the field of play. We play uh, in the Big Ten and in our schedule, uh, we play some tremendous opponents who are also talented. And the difference that, uh, that you see on the field when you in wins and losses is how well someone uh, is able to use their talent against somebody else. Uh, we, we know that you and I know that personally. I mean, we, 
we face some very tough opponents uh, in our time and in our careers. And the question is, how well are you at that, that minutia? How, how well have you been taught uh, those little things that make a big difference uh, in the game uh, in, in terms of success? And those are the things that we're looking for uh, out of all of our coaches uh, to really drive that out uh, so that we win uh, every game. Uh, and we have that mentality uh, as we face any opponent that we are prepared, uh, we're developed, uh, we know what we need to do when we put put these young men in, in football in the right position to win. Well, you mentioned a couple of uh, former players here at Michigan and Mike Hart uh, and Ron Bellamy. Uh, what led to identifying and bringing those two guys back into the program? Well, it was really Jim. I mean, it, it's really a credit for the staff and, and who we're bringing back. Uh, particularly in terms of Mike and Ron, is a credit to Jim uh, really having uh, the confidence in in their ability and their coaching and having watched uh, what they've done, uh, having, uh, you know, been in communication with them over the years uh, and deciding that this was the appropriate time to to bring them back based on the skill set and, and what they could bring to the team. Uh, and so it, it, I'm excited about it because I've I've also watched their careers. They were student athletes here when I was back here as administrator for football. And uh, I've gotten to know those uh, two as well as others uh, as they, they have developed. And I've been impressed uh, with what they've done uh, in their careers. Uh, and so Ron, you know, just speaking of that, he just won the state championship, you yeah. know, so he, uh, he obviously has some, some skills at, uh, at developing as well as coaching and in the X's and O's. And so, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, him on the field and what he does with the wide receivers. And, and Mike Hart's career speaks for itself uh, in terms of I was really impressed the last couple of years uh, with Indiana's running backs uh, and what he has done uh, over the years in his career. So I'm looking forward to uh, if I was a running back here, if I was a wide receiver here, uh, amongst other positions. But knowing what I know about those two, uh, I'd be super excited. Uh, about the the elevation that that they'll bring to my game uh, if I'm if I'm in that position room. And, and for those that don't know, Mike Hart obviously coming up from uh, Indiana and and was by some publications uh, uh, ranked as one of the top recruiters uh, in the country the last couple of yeah. years. And, and Ron Bellamy, as uh, Ward you alluded to, is uh, coming off a Division One title. Uh, here in the state of Michigan for West Bloomfield. So uh, uh, obviously happy to have those guys on the staff. And and when it comes down to it, it's really about championships. Um, it's And, and at Correct. Michigan, it's it's also about winning uh, those rivalry games. Do you think that the change in the coaching staff and, and the way that you see it and, and what Jim has put together and what he's doing brings us closer to – beating Michigan State, Ohio State, and winning championships here in the Big Ten? I do. Uh, I do, and that's the goal. Uh, the goal is not going to change. Uh, the goal here uh, is to win those rivalry games and to win the Big Ten. Uh, and that is not going to change, and that quest continues. And I believe in the staff. I believe in Jim uh, as the leader of this program. Uh, and I believe in the staff that he's put together. And And we need to – uh, continue to have that focus. Uh, we need to have that focus uh, in the weight room, uh, in spring ball, in off-season workouts when we come in the fall. Uh, and we need to to make sure that we're putting them and coaching them to be in the right positions uh, 
to win. You look at the staff, um, and it's um, seven minority coaches um, out of the ten assistant coaches. You've got six African American coaches, and Sean Nua, his uh, uh, of Samoan descent. What does it mean to you to look at that staff and and know that there's there's great diversity in there? You know, in, until you said it, I didn't really think about. It. I mean, we didn't we didn't set out and and have any you know target numbers or or anyone. What we set out to do is bring in. Uh, the best coaches to coach here at Michigan. And, um, you know, I've uh, never counted, uh, you know, the the race of our, the makeup of our staff. Uh, it is always good to provide opportunities uh, for the best people to, uh, to come to the staff. And if they happen to be uh, minorities or they happen to be women, great. You know, let's, let's move on. Let's get the best and, and keep going. And I think what we have, uh, is a great group of coaches. Um, and the fact uh, that seven of them are minority, I think is a credit to Jim uh, and a credit to uh, Mike McDonald as he comes in with his defensive staff and, and the things that he added to uh, the discussion with Jim and with me. Uh, and those are all uh, things that we want to do uh, that Michigan is about. Uh, we're always going to be about uh, improving diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, but that is not uh, the number one, you know, goal that we have. Uh, the goal here is to win, uh, to put the best people coaching our young, our, our young people on the fields of play. Uh, and uh, in the outcome of this, in terms of uh, having seven minority coaches, uh, given where we are as a society, uh, and uh, the, the, the focus that has been particularly this year uh, on the hiring of minorities, whether it's been in the in the NFL or the NCAA, I think it, it just speaks to um, to Jim and his recruitment of, of great people. Uh, and it speaks to their development and their preparation to be chosen to be here uh, because we want the best coaching our student athletes. Well, Ward, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. And before we let you go, I do want to ask you one more question because uh, over the next month, obviously the month of February is Black History Month, and we're going to have a number of student athletes, whether it's on the Conquering Heroes podcast, in the trenches, um, or defend the block that uh, Brian Bush does for the basketball team. And we're going to ask them a number of questions, and we're going to have some roundtable discussion just so our listeners know what's coming up. But one of the questions I am going to ask them is, you know, what does it mean to you, and why is it important to celebrate Black History Month? Well, for me, it's a time to reflect uh, on – uh, where we have come as a, as a country and a society, um, you know, on the people uh, that have really made a difference uh, in making sure that opportunities are there, uh, whether it's for uh, the seven uh, coaches on football that you pointed out, whether it's for me. You know, I think uh, to a person uh, like Hank Aaron, who just passed away, and uh, without his... Uh, his determination, his grit, his fortitude, his character, and the things that he was able to endure uh, so that uh, student athletes of color uh, could be in positions they're in so that I could elevate to this position. It is a time for me uh, to reflect. I, I do a lot of reading. Uh, I watch a lot of the presentations and, and I watch them virtually this year, but I used to go to a lot of the different things and programs that would happen on campus, uh, whether it's in the arts, uh, in the sciences, in the in athletics, uh, 
to listen to uh, some of the history, some of the progress, some of the things that still need to be done uh, to improve uh, opportunities. Uh, I look at what President Biden has done uh, in the diversity in his cabinet, both uh, from uh, minorities uh, in the country to women uh, in the opportunities. They're, they're, these are not given. It's just like I talked about with our football staff. We, we're not just giving the opportunities out because of the color of your skin. It's because of what you have earned. Uh, and we open that opportunity and then the selection occurs naturally. Uh, and, it, and it happens to work out uh, that you have it. But it's that openness to want to make sure that you are inclusive, uh, that you do have a wide net cast, uh, that you're not just specifically, you know, focused on people that your friends know, that you're focused on who's out there, who does a great job, who, who's some of the best uh, in the business. Those are the things that I think uh, will get us uh, opportunities to move uh, forward as a as a country, as a uh, university, as a in the things that we're doing uh, to really make a difference. Uh, so for me, that's what this month means. It, it's a time for us to reflect and to think think back to uh, you know my father uh, and to uh, think about my grandfathers uh, and what they uh, went through uh, to make sure that we're moving. Uh, in the right direction and to set up the, the development uh, of young people uh, so that they can continue to drive success. And then hopefully one day, as Dr. King, King said, you'll be judged by the content of their character uh, and not the color of their skin. And that's the day that I think we all uh, are continuing to strive for. So, you know, for me, that's what it means. And um, it's a reflection uh, of a lot of the hard work that's been done uh, in this country uh, to move us forward. Ward, I appreciate your time. Um, and best of luck as we continue to navigate these uh, uncertain times and uncertain waters. Um, but uh, best of luck. Yeah. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. And go blue. Ward Manuel, the Donald R. Shepard Director of Athletics. Stay tuned here on In the Trenches in the coming weeks because some of those coaches that we did talk about will join us um, throughout the, the month of February and March as well. we got a lot of guys to talk to, but uh, for all of your Michigan football and Michigan athletics information, stay tuned here on In the Trenches. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of In the Trenches with John Jansen, part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network. M Go Blue Podcasts. The preceding is a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.